Welcome to Richmond Kickers Weekly. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who was there on Saturday <laughs> to see the kickers lose 3-0 to North Texas. I was. Yeah. I missed one of the goals. I thought it was 2-0. I wasn't so bummed out. I asked my wife why she was so disappointed and she said, well, because it's 3-0. I missed one of the goals while getting beer. I'll be honest, because it was CVSA night, which uh-huh. is our local amateur league, we like, had a, a box essentially yep. for, for all of us. I don't think we paid as much attention to the game mm. at the time no. as we should have. But we've rewatched it, mm-hmm. thanks to ESPN Plus. We've yeah. gone back and rewatched it, and it's still three 0 On the yes, rewatch, it is. yeah, yes, it is. We uh, didn't miss three late equalizers, unfortunately. We did not. Uh, I did appreciate North Texas SC for living up to the hype that I had spread around uh, my friends and family who had mm-hmm. traveled with me to that game. Were you like watch Ricardo Pepe? Pretty this much. Kid sixteen uh, yeah. plays for the U seventeens. I think be scared I, of I think I may have said at the time that he was seventeen. In fact, mm. and then I corrected myself midway through the game to say that he is no, actually sixteen, even though he looks like a grown man and scores goals like he is too. That's fair. <laughs> a very talented grown man is, yep. ha- is how he scores goals. I think the thing we need to talk about is uh, what's going wrong for the kickers. Sure. Because this is four losses in yep. a row. Mm-hmm. Three in uh, the league, one of the cup. Yep. So four losses in a row. There is. I do want to put this disclaimer at the top. I think I'm not as disappointed in this as a lot of other people seem to be, including Coach David Bueller. Yeah. I think was he looked not happy at the end of this game. Right? He was definitely not happy. Uh, we saw him standing behind the advertisements at midfield. I think he was uh, gripping them white knuckle style. Such was his frustration. Yeah. Uh, I talked to the kicker's goalkeeper coach after the game. He kind of indicated that there was a decent amount of frustration both amongst the players and the coaching staff as well. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a result that like they should not have expected, but it's also not one that they should have expected. Okay, so this is what I'm getting at. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying this as an excuse, but I think it's a good frame frame mm-hmm. for this game. North Texas is the best team in the league. Yes. North Texas is the best team in USL League One. It is, in some ways, it's weird that it's a bunch of kids, right? They're 16, 17, 18 for the most part. A lot of them are either, they've got an FC Dallas contract, but they're mm-hmm. loaned down to North Texas, or they're in the academy and they're also playing for yeah. North Texas. But they are very, very talented. For those who don't know, the FC Dallas uh, Development Academy is among the top two or three um, in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. New York Red Bulls, maybe Seattle Sounders, that's just starting to bear fruit. But there's no argument that um, you can't argue against the idea that FC Dallas is maybe the best academy in the United States. Weston McKenney came through there. Chris Richards came through there. A bunch of the current FC Dallas players came through there. These are the next kids on that production line. Mm-hmm. And... They're, they're a class above, and I think you could really see it in this game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, three of those academy players start for FC Dallas on the regular. Two of them are playing for the USU 20s regularly mm-hmm. in the U20 World Cup, and yeah, you could absolutely see they beat France. You could see they did. You could see why those players are having such success because these players in North Texas yeah. are having such success playing a very attractive style of soccer that evidently is very difficult to defend against. It is, and I think this is this is my my take on this game is that Texas were much better at applying defensive pressure than Mm -hmm. the kickers um, and also much better at absorbing defensive pressure than the kickers were. And I think that gets to the heart of a Richmond kickers problem is that we're a little bit sort of challenging teams up to saying, okay, we're going to play this possession soccer. Mm -hmm. And I think it's no coincidence that the teams that apply defensive pressure successfully, either like high up the field like Lansing did or just in a, in a, a concentrated way, like a hassling a, way, in a hassling way, like North Texas mm-hmm. do. 
then the kickers suddenly seem to be in trouble. Yeah. Is that fair? This is a bit bit hyperbolic here, but do you remember the like the videos of the 1974 Dutch team at the World Cup where they all just like you'll see all of them go swarming? Yeah, yeah. And you keep wondering like why does that work? Like how do these guys not know to pass around <laughs> that? There were moments on Saturday and rewatching it where that's what it feels like, where it's just like it doesn't seem like it should work. Like North Texas will just send two four like two or three to mark one person, they win the ball, and then six of them go and attack really fast, and yet they're able to. Uh, maintain possession, keep the ball, and if they do end up giving it away, it's usually via getting dispossessed like in and around the kicker's box, or the shot goes wide for a goal kick or something like that, but it, it never feels like like they were being punished or necessarily like, caught out, which is insane for how many players they would commit forward and commit into certain parts of the yep. field. Is there a, an idea that maybe the kickers thought We'll play some grown men against yes. them, and I think we'll be able to beat them up, and they found out otherwise. I, I, I say yes, and I would say it. I don't have any information to back that up, but I think what really comes to mind is that that feels like what happened against Orlando away, when Orlando were uh, second bottom of the table, I think, or second bottom from the table. I think it was their first win against the kickers, but it felt to me like a kickers team that went in there thinking, this isn't a very good team, it's a bunch of kids, we'll knock them around, we'll boss them, and it looked similar to what we saw on Saturday. Kickers were a little bit more energetic, had a bit bo- bit better ball movement at times against North Texas, but the root of it seemed to be, yeah, like, I'll knock this kid off the ball. Oh, they won't be able to win the ball. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're good, but they're still 16. We can win it, and it wasn't quite that level that you need to be at. The one bit of evidence I would hold for this, or mm-hmm. the reason I kind of think this, is the team selection. Yep. Um, so David Bulo went with uh, Boateng as a center forward, and then Jackson wide right, um, and Chin wide left. Yep. Um, and I would argue that Jackson and Chin are sort of basically bigger guys but not as fast guys mm-hmm. as the alternative selections which would have been Bolduc and Muape on the mm-hmm. wings and I think we sacrificed pace yep. for strength thinking that that would be enough to maybe bully these teenagers from North Texas and and we failed at bullying and I think maybe if you're ready to get to it the first goal is maybe the best example of us failing at bullying these teenagers. I'm actually not quite ready to get to it because I have a okay. question for you then. If you are going to go with that sort of bullying approach that we're going to get by yeah. two big, strong dudes in there, they're going to knock people off the ball. Doesn't it make more sense, though, for those two to be central as sort of like, we'll hoof it long, they'll bring it down? I guess maybe, yeah. I don't disagree with you, but I still then wonder why was it Boateng in the middle uh, and Chin and Jackson kind of out on the wings. We've seen we've seen Chin on the wings this season. He's played left wing. Yeah. But why would you put the two of them out there? And the only thing I can think is that you have like kind of outlets into the channels that are fast and are like fast and more so physical and can hold that ball up. That's the only thing I can think. And then you can have kind of overlapping runs from your fullbacks potentially. Well, I'd also I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think when you don't have Boldu Kamwape and you have Jackson and Chin instead because you don't have the pace. You're up against a team that has a lot of pace, yeah. essentially because they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like I know this isn't like very deep analysis, but teenagers tend to be fast. <laughs> this is right? true, yeah. And yeah, you know, they got a point to prove. They're trying to like uh, cement their roles with this team, or maybe get some minutes with FC Dallas. So yeah, they're, they're not going to quit. They're going to keep coming at you. But just literally, they're mm-hmm. just quick. Yeah. Right. So and I think we failed to keep up with them more than once. Mm-hmm. You ready yeah. to talk about the first goal now? Sure. It starts with failed pressure from yep. from the Richmond kickers, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, Boateng goes over, puts a bit of pressure on. The ball goes out to Gomez, uh, Jonathan Gomez, the uh, North Texas left back. And Daniel Jackson on the right is basically slow to come and apply pressure. We know he's slow because, one, because Gomez gets to receive the ball and Mm -hmm. take a touch before Jackson comes to him. Also, you can see Boateng slightly just gesturing. And it wasn't the first time I'd seen it in the game. It's in the 27th minute. Mm -hmm. Gesturing like, hey, go, go close him down, go close him down. I think Jackson was just a bit slow to step to him. I think that's where the problem starts for this goal. 
I would agree. But I think then it's compounded by when Jackson does eventually step. I don't really know of his what his approach is because it's 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 not clear if he's trying to force them down the line or if he's just trying to put the pressure on. But he doesn't really take anything away, so there are still options through the middle. But instead, what happen, ends up happening is the ball goes to uh, is it Ronaldo? Is it Ronaldo Damas? I always want to yeah. I always say Ronaldo, and then I second guess myself. Yeah, like, Ronaldo, like why would he be called Ronaldo? Exactly. But yeah, Ronaldo uh, Damas. Goes, goes to Ronaldo Haitian. Damas, who is now wide open because that angle hasn't been taken away. So now you have Braden Troyer, who has to kind of decide: Am I going to just hold him up? Am I going to try to win the ball? Am I going to try to put him under a, a lot of pressure? What he ends up going for is, I'm going to try to step in front and win. And this, I think, thinking I'm the bigger guy, there it I'm is. a grown man, I'm 100%. a professional. This is a kid. And, and he he's, not, and he's not going to know what to do. He's on the end line. I'm going to put him under pressure. He's going to turn out for a throw in, or he's going to cough up possession. We'll counter attack. We'll be knock good. Him over and take the ball. Yeah, and it, and it really just felt like, haha! I will step around you, and you have no idea it's coming. Except all Ronaldo Damas does is do exactly what you do in that moment, which is ball coming to you. The like if your if your back is to the defender and they start running around like to your left, you just turn and open up your hips and let the ball roll by, block off that defender, and you're away. And Brayden Torres falls over because he does not see this yeah. coming. And then Damas is away. Yep, Damas has. Mm-hmm. A huge because uh, Troy's the right back. Yep. Okay, for those who didn't know, then Damas can just accelerate down that left wing. Um, this goal ends with uh, the I think he's the right winger Dante Sealy yep. being wide open at the back post. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's wide open at the back post uh, is because everybody has shuffled over yeah. to try and fill that space because Troy is no longer there. The the left flank is exposed. The entire team gets dragged over. Is yes. that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, and then within that, there's other moments of kind of. Head scratching, like uh, Hughes. Josh Hughes goes to the ground, wins a slide tackle, but it goes right back to uh, to Damas. Ronaldo yeah. Damas. And looking around, Damas is really the only one in that area who's like alive to the ball and trying to get mm-hmm. to it, trying to make a play. There are three other kickers players around who are all kind of standing there, like, "Oh, good, we got a slide tackle." And <laughs> and then and then yeah, to your point, like I'm sure that uh, Scott Thompson, the left back, knows that Seeley is out wide. He's yeah. probably tracked him back there, but because everybody starts getting pulled over and pulled over now. Magalis, who was the left center back, he slides over. Yes, and Pepe. Yeah, yeah. And so now I think Scott Thompson thinks, okay, we'll all slide over too, and that's why it's so like laughably wide open uh, mm-hmm. is Sealy for that goal. There is an element of bad luck mm-hmm. because when the ball does come back to Damas, he's trying to shoot. Oh, yeah. He's definitely trying to bend it into that far corner. Mm-hmm. Magales, um, who has stepped away from Pepe, which you could question that decision, but he's the only one in a position to block that shot. Mm-hmm. He does block that shot, but what he does is deflect it to the far post, mm-hmm. to the open Dante Sealy. So there's an element of bad luck because my god, this kind of did the right thing. Uh, Game of Thrones season eight spoiler of sorts uh, coming at you. So you know, like uh, I don't plug up your ears for like thirty seconds. But there's a, there's a an air of like the army of the undead around <laughs> around North Texas FC because they just swarm and swarm and swarm. And even if you stop one, even if you slide tackle one, they get the ball back. And then even if you block the shot, there's still somebody there. Yeah. And I guess what I'm seeing, saying so is that you're saying Luchi Gonzalez is the night king. No, Dante Sealy is the night king because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else is distracted while he just calmly is there to do his job. Yeah. <laughs> one nil. Yes. North Texas. Uh, speaking of doing his job. Uh-huh. Uh, should, we go, <laughs> should we go to the second goal? Yes, and the, Game of Thrones spoilers uh, complete. In the 55th, we didn't really say what happened to the Night King, right? <laughs> it's not that he scores a goal against the kickers. Uh, that could be the end. <laughs> be a very Richmond-specific it'd be, show. It'd, it'd be a little bit better, maybe. <laughs> 55th minute, uh-huh. it becomes 2-0. Yep. It's the best goal of the night. Mm-hmm. Is that Ricardo Pepe goal? Yes. Yeah. It's a pretty goal. It's a pretty mm-hmm. goal, but it, it is, again... 
the beauty of the goal and the technical ability to turn and hit that ball the way Ricardo Pepe does does not excuse all that comes before it because it's yeah. another sort of uh, awkward moment from the Richmond kickers. I think they're trying to play out of the pressure from North Texas SC. I think Josh Hughes, who gets the ball, takes you could say it's a heavy touch. I think that's what the commentator said. I think he just recognizes I can kind of maybe get away from these two defenders and then I'll have time on the ball. But I think he just doesn't notice that there are other North Texas SC players around. Yeah. So he tries to accelerate mm-hmm. basically. He does accelerate past the first yep. defender or maybe second defender. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who the name of the North Texas player that receives the ball. It's Dante Seely. It's Dante Seely. So, the Night King. So it, it just it rolls straight into Dante mm-hmm. Seely, right? Yep. And Josh Hughes has given away possession in a very dangerous spot. I did not say Siri. Apparently, Shante <laughs> said. I wasn't talking to you, Siri. Wow. Daryl's phone is so desperate to be in on the conversation that when we said Dante Seely, Siri decided to start talking. Hey, Dante Seely, can you stop scoring goals on us? Did it do anything? I've turned her off. <laughs> Siri uh, is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, so again, it, it's, it's a good interception because Dante Seely is in the right place. Yep. But it's also not a giveaway that needed to happen from the kickers. And before we talk about Ricardo Pepe's turn and finish, I mm. think it's worth talking about part of the problem with why this happened. Sure. It was North Texas supplying decent pressure mm-hmm. and the Richmond kickers essentially failing to build out of the back, yeah. which is a huge problem because this is the approach of the kickers this season. They're mm-hmm. a possession team that builds from the back, goes, going through their central midfielders like Maxi Rodriguez and Josh Hughes. Yep. And if those players are giving the ball away in central midfield, suddenly that's a huge problem because we're, one, because we're like exposed, mm-hmm. right? But also because um, I, I think this illustrates a problem where Hughes didn't have that many options. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Part of the reason he takes that, that acceleration is that he didn't have someone six yards away to pass to. I think a thing I noticed in this game, and I think has been a, a pattern throughout the season, is centre-backs have the ball. They give it to either Rodriguez or Hughes, who've come deep. Mm-hmm. Full-backs are out wide. And then, for me, there's too much of a gap between that group of players and the attacking group of players. They are, there's, there's too much of a gap. There's never an easy ball option to move the ball forward over a short distance. Yep. It's asking a lot, and you end up with situations where Josh Hughes takes this big risk. Mm-hmm absolutely does not pay off because yeah. it gives the ball away. And and I th- and I think it, it to me it seems like the kickers are of two minds where it's like drop in everybody kind of comes back we get numbers in our own half but then we can move the ball quickly and find options but then the other one is well we got to stretch them and kind of keep them from like locking us in our own half so we're going to keep some numbers forward and we don't want to drop too many back and then you end up I think the way you described it off air was like you've got your back four who are all kind of in a position to move the ball you've got two midfielders dropping in and then you've got a bunch of grass yeah and that really is what it looks like Mm -hmm. and I and and it goes back to I increasingly am of the mind of like it, it not just with the kickers but generally speaking like it doesn't make as much sense to me anymore to have that one central midfielder drop all the way back and it's usually Maxi Rodriguez and it's usually between the two center backs and I get the idea of it but if you're gonna end up having these like line huge amount of grass line it doesn't really work that well and I think I would rather see center backs on the ball who can like kind of play those balls 15-20 yards forward to where you've got maybe Max Rodriguez with Josh Hughes and now yeah. you can go combine in the middle with the two people there or they can turn and kind of spread it wide and even better I, th- I think what really needs to happen is the attacking midfielders mm-hmm. like say Guiardo um, and the wide midfielders need to be Dropping in deep and showing, and maybe rotating a little bit, so there's a bit more, bit more movement. I forgot, so that there are more options. I forgot the other issue that we probably should have stumbled upon faster is that the other thing the kickers I think try to do is all right. Bear with me, but I yeah. think this is worth noting. So if Maxi Rodriguez drops in, center back spread wide, right? So yep. now you've got almost the back three. Yep. That pushes the fullbacks forward. Yep. Usually what that then does is those two wingers, 
like the wide attackers, yeah, they usually then move more central. So now you've got like Hughes and Gallardo and those two wingers who have come more central. And theoretically, you have four players in the middle that you can play through as well as the fullbacks out wide. Yeah, that's the theory, I think. But if you have Daniel Jackson, who hasn't done that very much this season, maybe he's not as quick to move centrally to support. Or maybe in this case, we didn't see a lot of that from him or Chin. Mm -hmm. So maybe they are trying to... Chin's done it before a bit more successfully, but Mm -hmm. I'll take your point. But maybe in this game, because what we talked about previously, like the physicality, we can look for them as the outlets. So now they're staying further up top and they're staying wide so instead of moving central they're staying wide the fullbacks are wide the forwards are stretched and now you're never going to have numbers in the middle and yeah. so it's really from the outset then, you're in a lot of trouble then you're asking Guiardo to find space when there's a lot of uh, Texas players between exactly. him and say Rodriguez or Hughes yes. I think it's a tough ask for Guiardo mm-hmm. to get open yes. right? when you're the number 10 you're a marked man quite yeah. literally yeah. and and so what I think we're, we're circling around is the idea that like this was a case of an unstoppable force meeting a very movable object <laughs> like it, it I feel like the kickers needed to have their best game and have their best possible setup in order to handle the best team in the league and I think they were not ready for it I think the kickers tried to play their game Mm -hmm. like the style that they've been working on all season and that just doesn't necessarily work against North Texas there maybe should have been a different approach to North Texas Mm mm-hmm I, yeah, I take your point. I, I but still maybe think, some respect for the best team in the league. Maybe this is a, a game where you sit back a little bit. Yeah, that, I mean, I, that would have maybe have possibly worked. Straight those teenagers. But I'm also saying I, I don't think they did play their, their game the way they usually do, is I guess what I'm saying. I think they tried to tweak it a little bit. But I oh, think with also, the different wide players. Yeah, but yeah. I think also they weren't then set up well to do that. And I think in the end it didn't necessarily work across the board. Can we give props to? I'm not disagreeing. I'm sure. sort of nodding in agreement, but mm-hmm. I just realised people can't hear that. Yeah, <laughs> through the microphone. Um, we should give props to Ricardo Pepe for that finish, though. Oh, absolutely. When Seeley sort of essentially bends the ball into him, Pepe has his back to goal, and he's what maybe 30 yards from goal. Mm-hmm. One touch and turn, and he's 20 yards from goal, and bang, top corner. It is an incredible bit of. Uh, craftsmanship from a striker and then it's like 20% better because it tings off the underside of the bar so it does that like bang 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 sort of bounce thing at the end of it that makes it look like it was struck even harder than it maybe was it definitely it gave me when I saw it live a moment of oof I feel bad for the kickers (laughs) yeah I'm real glad Ricardo Pepe's a US Youth International (laughs) yes it made me optimistic for the future he really looks like a player yes he does okay and then he also inaugurated a kind of nightmare few minutes for the Richmond kickers I think there was a bit of I don't know, just like having seen that goal go past you, I think maybe there's a bit of like shock on the kickers' faces. Um, well, it, but it's it, we've been in those games uh, where, where it's like you think things are kind of right and like, okay, we're starting to move the ball, we're getting some chances, and then in a half a second it's just thwack back of the net. Yep. and like, oh, no, okay, we're totally not back in this game. And I should get the timer right. I think I said 55th minute. It's actually the 63rd minute mm-hmm. that Ricardo Pepe scores that goal. I think I was getting confused with the U20 game we, there we talked go. about earlier. So, yeah, 63rd minute, Ricardo Pepe scores the goal. Five minutes later... Yep. David Rodriguez um, has scored again for North Texas. Yes. I mean, and they're able to basically just move the ball quickly without much opposition. I mean, the kickers like try to step, but again, similar to what we talked about with the first goal, it felt like one player steps, they're bypassed. And because they've stepped, oh, they've yeah, left the spot. North Texas with the ball in the back, yeah. and the kickers eventually... All the, the front three mm-hmm. kind of charge out, yeah. and everybody's just suddenly wide open. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, not successful pressure. Yeah, no. It, it's it's fingers in the dam. It's 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 a lot of like, okay, I've got that one plugged. Oh no, but now that one's popped up open, so yeah, somebody yeah. else will go pop, plug that one. But then they've left their man, and so in the in the end, it's it's players just continuously popping up for North Texas. But it's also North Texas being able to take advantage of that. I forget who it was who subbed on, but he has a like thirty yard chipped ball from the center of the field out wide to the touchline that's like brought down with great skill, yeah. and then. It's it's another quick combination, and it's just great passing and moving from North Texas that leads to eventually the third goal. Uh, you 
said it was someone who subbed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Texas only made one sub at that point, so that means it was by process of elimination, Sherlock Holmes style. <laughs> I also know that you only Tanner have, Tessman. There we go. You only have, you have fewer than ten percent left in your uh, battery as well on that iPad. So I was wondering if you make it in time. It'll get us through. Right, but well um, done, Tanner, and yeah. well done, uh, David Rodriguez, who I believe ends up getting the goal. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. David Rodriguez with the finish in the mm. end. Um, it includes um, a bit of a mistake from Magales. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Um, he, I mean, he does a good job tracking the, the through ball. Gets to it first, but when he makes the sort of the interception or the the attempted mm-hmm. uh, clearance, he just kind of lays it off to the right wing, right? Yeah. So suddenly we're back in trouble again. I think it's Magalhaes ends up having to try and defend that as well, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets sort of bypassed. I can't remember who it is. The attacker drives to the end line. Is that Tessman? Uh, drives to the end line and then he's able to to cut it back mm-hmm. uh, for the for the second goal. I'm not sure Third who that goal, was, but me. but it's it's. Uh, it's well done uh, from uh, David Rodriguez to just finish calmly. There, there is, I think, Akira Fitzgerald slides back over, isn't quite able to, to get there. There are defenders in front, though, so it's a good finish. But I think this goal, if there were one goal that I think made David Bulow pull his hair out, it's probably this oh, one. I'm sorry, it's Dante Sealy with the assist. There we so go. it must have ended up with Dante Sealy, who, who's the one who drives at Magales, goes past him. Cuts it back. One goal and two assists for yeah, Dr. Sealy, by the way. bad. 16 years old as well. But I think this, as I said, this is the one where maybe David Bulow, we see him get really frustrated. And yeah. I think justifiably so, because with everything we've said about how uh, North Texas played smart and found space and had the technical brilliance on the ball, it's still the kickers have a chance to get rid. The kick, Like, Magalas, as you said, could just put this out for a throw-in. Could, put in section O. Yeah, or, or maybe <laughs> with a little bit more, like, like – Thomas on the ball can take another touch and play it down the line, and then the kickers can counterattack the counterattack. But it's that just sort of giving it right back to North Texas and then, and then being punished for it that is sort of representative, I think, of this evening as a whole. Yes. So not a good evening no. for the Richmond kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what to say, except we just hope it goes better in the next game. It's a, a way to FC Tucson um, on Saturday. It's the, it's the biggest trip in USL League One. I don't know mm-hmm. how the kicks are getting there. They're flying or... Uh, going on the coach, I believe uh, the league requirements are that they fly. Okay, I think great. there's a certain limit that you can't take a bus past. Basically. Excellent. Okay, yeah. I hope the kickers fly to Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Beatles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Jojo yes. left his home in Tucson, yeah. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get back. <laughs> um, let's hope the kickers can get back on track. I used to think it was Winslow, Tucson. Minnesota, and I was confused by that. <laughs> Um, so it's a 7.30 local kickoff, uh-huh. 10.30 Eastern on Saturday yep. against FC Tucson. This is the team, that, the last team that the kickers beat before yep. this four-game losing streak, so hopefully we can get back to winning ways. I'm sure they will be feeling the same. I'm sure they'll be working on that in practice and hopefully cutting out some of the mistakes that will allow them to correct the skid. Okay, anything else to say before we, uh, before we shut this down? Nope, that's about it. All right, then uh, let's, let's have the, uh, maybe the best performers of Saturday night, <laughs> uh, the Red Army, who stayed... North Texas SE? No, well, okay, the second best performers <laughs> of the night. The Red Army were in good voice all night. Uh, protested every referee decision as we mm-hmm. expected to do and sung loud and proud so let's have the Red Army play us now.